Sonic, everybody's favorite podcast. My favorite podcast. Actually, that's not even true. I can't. <laughs> oh, come on. I can't on. sit here and say my feelings my favorite. Now. I can't sit here and say it's my this favorite podcast. This is my number one favorite podcast right. of, of yeah, all I, time. So you I only listen to you this. chose to lie today. What about you, Hunter? Oh, I only listen to this while I eat my Pop-Tarts straight out of the bag. <laughs> let me let me correct myself. This is the this is my favorite podcast that I am a part of. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. Gee, for yes. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is still saying something. That. Yeah, for sure. One of one. That's better than none of one. It's my number one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's currently June 7th. Um, I'm right in saying that, right? I'm not living in the past or the future. You're 100% June, right. Yeah. You are it's correct. June yes. 7th. We're recording on June 7th. Cool, cool, cool. Means the episode will be up June 8th for most of you listening. Um, and it was a fantastic weekend in here in Toronto. I went to the beach. Let's go to the beach. Beach. Yeah. Um, the beaches. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, hey, callback. I actually didn't go to the to the like Woodbine or like the beaches area of Toronto. Oh. I was on Toronto Island. But that being said, it was very beautiful and a lot of fun. What did you guys do this weekend? And so how was that anti-mask rally that you must have been attending? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was super good. Not a single mask in sight. So we nailed it. It's the way God wants it. Yeah, but no, uh, we, we were as safe as you could possibly be. That's not Good. true, but we Glad were definitely oh. safe. <laughs> yeah, <but> how, are, <laughs> how are you guys? <laughs> Tell me more about your weekends. Um, Doing good, yeah. Yeah, feeling feeling really great. Today's today's a pretty special day, guys. Um, June seventh. Mm. You know, you know uh, whose birthday it is today. Uh, it's is not it yours. Jesus, it's not mine. Uh, it's nope. not our Lord and Savior, so hmm, who could mm-hmm. it possibly be if it's not our it's, Lord and Savior? It's our true Lord and Savior. It's Prince's birthday today. Uh, I, oh, it is man. Jesus's birthday. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's I actually favorite, saw something on on social media about that. But yeah, yeah. Favorite he would Prince be like song 60, 63, I think sixty three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Rip. Rip. Yeah. Rip. Favorite Prince song. Favorite Prince song is extra hard. I don't, I don't know. I, f- I feel like it changes constantly with that man. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. There's like yeah. my family has sort of a family favorite and it's little red Corvette. Yeah. I think okay. that's yeah. Favorite of many. Yeah. My, my sure. number one karaoke song though is purple rain. Yeah. Ooh, purple that's a good rain, choice. Purple rain is just full of bangers. I slay. I'm looking at, I'm looking at my records right now, and I'm trying to see if there's one I could pull out. And I'm just gonna give me ten seconds. Headphones yeah, are coming it. off. Headphones are coming off. Bye, Lee. I have, I have to say, I like uh, "Let's Go Crazy." That's my favorite one. Just where Prince shreds it at the end. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a guitar solo. Like I need to learn. Like you know how you can wow someone. You just literally have to. Hey do guys, that. it's me, oh. Prince. <laughs> Just which kidding. one is that? I forget which one is that. It's not. Uh, just self title. Um, but uh, I want to be your lover. Absolutely slaps. What a way to start Ooh. an album. Oh my god. That's a, that's a track. That's a sexy um, song. I don't know. This is probably. Oh. Yeah, I'm not gonna answer. I'm not willing to answer. But I, I'll say, I'll say a fake answer if I want to be your lover because it slaps. I yeah, want to be your lover. Yeah. Nice, exactly. Hunter. 
I can wow. do the high. That's like the only uh, my actually prefer Hunter's version. Is still yeah. Hey, I prefer Hunter's you know, next karaoke sure. night, three of us. <laughs> just, I'm gonna break out. I want to be your lover by Prince. You guys yeah. can do that, and I'll do uh, Eminem's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rap guy. Uh, Love yeah, the way you lie. Yeah, I'll do rap. Okay, God. that's yeah, a good yeah. one. New Eminem is best, right? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we've we've got a heck of a show for you guys uh, planned here. For Servant 4, first of all, if this is your first time listening to us, uh, kind of what we're all about here at Servant Sonic is we're three dudes who definitely enjoy music from time to time. Heck, I would even say I enjoy music most of the time. Um, and I could probably speak for uh, these two as well. But what we really, at the end of the day, are trying to do here is have a show that's made for music fans, folks that are looking to hear some new music by music fans, um, and uh, just bring you some of the stuff we're listening to and try to have as much of a Canadian focus as we can without getting too annoying about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what we do. We review two albums every single week, uh, one newly released album and, uh, an album that is kind of near and dear to the hearts of, of us called uh, spicy staples. So, uh, this week I am on deck, um, with, uh, with the new review and I'm reviewing a Toronto artist. Um, his name is Mustafa, formerly Mustafa, the poet, um, and the album that I will be reviewing is uh, When Smoke Rises. Um, how we kind of like to do this here at Servant Sonic is play a song from the album first. Uh, and the song that I'm going to be playing is uh, is actually the first song on the album. It's called Stay Alive. Um, and I won't, I guess, get too far into it right now. Uh, but I will say the song is uh, incredibly moving, a very uh, sad song, if I'm being honest. Um, but uh, but for just beautiful uh, songwriting. So uh, let's just get into it kind of with that and uh, we'll chat about it after. So here it is, Stay Alive by Mustafa. Stay alive, stay alive, stay alive 
remind you who you were before it changed All the distrust And all the distrust turns None of them will be yours or mine But I'll be your empire Just stay alive, stay alive, stay alive Oh man! Whew. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna try my it's absolute heavy. best. Yeah, I'm gonna try my absolute best to get through this uh, okay. without crying because every time I've listened to this album so far, I've choked up. So for sure, we're gonna we're gonna do our best here. No promises. Might need a pop tart and um, <laughs> toasted. Definitely not milk. Gross ass milk. Ew. Um, Gross. But uh, but I'll take my time here um, and uh, and do what I can. So what I want to chat about first is Mustafa himself, who is the artist that uh, is behind that uh, that song there, and that was "Stay Alive Again." Um, one of the singles off of his debut EP, uh, When Smoke Rises. Uh, Mustafa, uh, formerly known as Mustafa the Poet, as I kind of said at the beginning of the show, um, was first introduced to the world on a grand stage in 2009 um, in an article with uh, the Toronto Star titled Meet Toronto's Little Poet Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the? F- what? Yeah. what a title is that? I don't know. Uh, But Mustafa was the subject of a, I guess, um, uh, interview and and just kind of a a spotlight um, as a 12-year-old in the seventh grade for a poem that he did. um, Oh, he was 12. He was 12 at the time, yeah. Oh, okay. That makes (laughs) a little more sense. I was like... It's still not great. It's still kind of like... Okay, like... Questionable. Yeah. Um... Anyways, the poem that he wrote was called A Single Rose, and uh, in the article, something that's written in there um, is, I think, just a, an incredibly um, spot-on, I think, depiction of, of who he is as an artist, and also uh, just like a really cool way to think about it, but um, basically a teacher was talking about his gifts, and is he a gifted writer, Is he a gifted? does he have a gifted vocabulary, like what is it? And uh, she said, uh, he's a prodigy at empathy. Um, Mm. And that's something that 100% rings true in his music, at least for my my listening experience has been. Um, He was known mostly at at a young age for writing about poverty in Africa and in Regent Park. Uh, His parents were Sudanese and came here in 1992. Um, He was born in 96, so shortly after. Um, and he talks a lot about uh, kind of the Regent Park area of Toronto, which is where he grew up, um, continues to be one of the most impoverished areas of Toronto uh, and one of the oldest, quote unquote, projects um, that exist in the city. 
uh, as time went on, his poetry obviously evolved and the birth of Halal Gang came to be back in 2010. Halal Gang is the music collective he's a part of, uh, mostly rappers, but a couple of singers as well, him being one of them. Uh, he performed poems for CBC and even had Drake share one of his poems on his Instagram. Uh, so he was starting to get a lot of a lot of fanfare. Uh, in 2016, he was actually appointed to Justin Trudeau's Youth Advisory Council. Um a group of young people who advised the government on uh, policies and programs that they found important for them. So uh, they kind of operated as somewhat of a guiding light uh, to policies that were important to young people. Um, would love to see more of that. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Um, maybe a little bit more uh, of an influence, uh, but definitely something that's cool and, and to see him be a part of that. Uh, in the late 2010s is when he connected with Frank Dukes, who we will definitely be talking about a little bit more, um, when he helped write songs for The Weeknd, uh, Camila Cabello, and uh, the Jonas Brothers, just to name a few. Uh, also has writing credits for um, the latest smash hit by Justin Bieber and Shawn Mendes, Monster. And he actually ended up winning a Grammy in 2019 for his work on uh, The Weeknd's Starboy. So I, I, I have kid, to say... The, the, the first, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. The, no, no, no. the first kind of Google search, because I hadn't heard of Mustafa before this, the first Google search that I did, I was not, you know, like in all the accolades, particularly with the writing credits. Um, yeah. Listening mm-hmm. to this album, I was completely caught off guard in terms of the yeah. tone and, yeah. and uh, style. It was not totally. at all what I expected. Yeah. So it was cool. Yep. I would say that, well, okay, again, I'll speak for just my experience, but that was a similar experience that I had. When I heard that there was a young black artist who has credits for The Weeknd, uh, Jonas Brothers, and Justin Bieber that was breaking through, yeah, not the first <laughs> thing I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Like, exactly. I was like... It, it wasn't it wasn't that but we will definitely be talking about the tone and some of the inspirations he had for the album but anyways that just sets the table for who this guy is um right who, he's uh was born in 96 so i guess that makes him 20 what, 24 25 something like that now um so he's still very much on the way up in terms of where he can go um anyway so a little bit more about smoke uh, sorry when smoke rises Um, It is certainly a somber album, and there's a reason for that. It's an album that's entirely dedicated to Smoke Dog, and if you don't know who Smoke Dog is, uh, his real name is Javante Smart, who was killed in a shooting on June 30th, uh, 2018, outside of a club in Toronto's Entertainment District. Um, CB24 was the first to report the the tragic incident, and Mustafa was among the many uh, friends and artists who kind of gave tributes online following the fatal attack. Um, Smoke Dog was a part of the Halal gang collective that uh, Mustafa is is also a part of. So the whole album really is dedicated to uh, gang violence in Toronto. I think a topic that uh, is not nearly spoken on enough in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It's something that we really like to say in Toronto is like, you know, the safest city. And um, we are like so lucky to live in a metropolis that's so big, but like overall, like so safe and, and like so kind and things like that. It's just not true for a group of people in Toronto. Um, there are tons of kids, uh, tons of, of minorities who are uh, directly in harm's way every single day. Um, mm-hmm. And we're recording this on June 7th, and news just broke uh, in the last 24 hours that there was an attack on uh, a few Muslim people in London. 
mm-hmm. um, a targeted attack uh, that claimed four people's lives. And uh, Terrible. it's shit, shit like this uh, that continues to put people in a position where they feel like they have to take matters um, into their own hands, whether that be joining a gang or finding some sort of protection um, and, and pushing them into these environments. And um, I think it's fucked up, <laughs> to, to put it plainly, but uh, I think it's an album like this that can really shine a light on um, the maybe true environment and like more realistic environment that many people live in in a city like Toronto. And this is coming from someone, like I'm not here just to bash Toronto. I, I'm obsessed with Toronto. I love Toronto. The whole reason I wanted to start a podcast like this is to really highlight some of the um, artists that come out of Toronto in particular. I think it's such an incredible city and we have so much to be happy for in Toronto. But the complacency in this city is something that we definitely have to talk more about. And it starts with things like this. Um, and it starts with pieces of art that really show honest reflections of that. So, um, kind of talking more about the tone of that, um, obviously you get a really somber and heart wrenching tone (laughs) for a lot of the album. Um, the content matter is not easy to get through. Um, it's genuinely sad. And uh, the word that I kind of was thinking about earlier today of like, Hey, how am I going to really like sum this up is engulfing. It just kind of swallows you up. Um, because I'm sure that's exactly what it feels like. Um, and, uh, that's probably very intentional on Mustafa's part to like have an album that makes you feel like that. Um, so, uh, the poetry of the album itself is exceptional. Some of the most beautifully crafted lyrics I've heard so far this year, um, and uh, the samples kind of you heard one of them already on Stay Alive. Uh, some sort of like phone calls with other members of the Halal Gang, some other friends, including Smoke Dog on one of the songs. Uh, a plea. It's it, the album is kind of like a plea with himself and his friends and his community to collectively combat gang violence. And at times he kind of finds himself uh, stepping kind of like almost into rage. Um, wanting vengeance for the passing of his friends. Uh, but it, it's always, it's not rooted in like a similar tone to like gangster rap or, or, or like a, a vengeance that's like, you know, maybe maybe more on the violent side. It's a vengeance that's always rooted in pain and anguish. Um, and he even makes note of how that feels so unnatural to himself. Mm-hmm. And there's one... Um, lyric that I really want to read super quick from the song that we're going to be listening to after this. Um, and I think it, it just really sums up kind of like maybe his feelings a little bit on most of the album pretty well. So, uh, this is from the hearse. Uh, and he says they, they going to pay their price in blood. And that's on everything I know on everything I know. I swear I wasn't looking for no beef. I got a family to feed. There's room for everyone to eat. I was all about the peace. I didn't want to risk it all. Uh, I know what's at stake, but you made yourself so special. I want to throw my life away for you. Oh, God. Yeah. My Lord, it's, man. It's so sad. Um, it's very sad. Just like he fully understands um, what vengeance and what retaliation means uh it means he's gonna die it means people in his family are gonna be put in the same situation that he's been put in with a friend being passed 
Uh, and, and like what there's a friend who has passed and, and kind of the emotional wake that that leaves behind. Um, but he, he also feels like a really human, like want just to like have some sort of, I don't know, some sort of answer for something that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, so that's the general tone. Any comments? <laughs> Can I ask? Um, the, the the voices, the, vo- the like the voices at the end of certain tracks are those right. actually like his friends? Are those yeah. like sound? Bo- wow, yeah, they are. Yeah, that makes it even all... more heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're uh, from what I from what I've gathered, I, I didn't get all the names down here, but a lot of them are the are members of Halal Gang. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, there's one that's with Smoke Dog there, and uh, that one's just you know maybe a even more sad than some of the other stuff, but um, yeah, it's a very intimate, intimate project. And what I uh, what I really admired about it is Lee, the what you said about speaking on gang violence in Toronto, which is something I know not a lot of knowledge about, honestly. And yeah. um, and that, but also the instrumentation along with it, it feels like he's kind of sitting beside you, kind of singing the songs. Totally. And that's yeah. how I felt listening to it. And yeah, like definitely swallows you up, but what an intimate voice and project. So I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I, I don't really it's, know it's, if enjoy is the word. <laughs> Sorry, not to cut you off. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's like an experience though, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, cause so it, it's kind of like poetry set to music more than like songs mm-hmm. in a typical kind of style. Um, totally. I wanted to ask because yeah. there, there was there's also a lot of lyrics that seem to talk about um, like surveillance, at least in that track I, I heard and I kind of was trying to listen to what specifically he was saying something about like mm-hmm. cops and cameras and signs and it won't be yours or mine. Um, right. And there's a line there. I'll be your empire. And I wanted to ask if you guys have any thought on what that means. Yeah. So I can provide a little bit of clarity on that. Let me just get the lyrics up in front of me. So I don't make myself sound like an absolute fool. I mean, I kind of Um, just did, did that. Like I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but so from what I gather from those lines and maybe I'm foolish, but like all these tribes and all these street signs, I think he, what he's talking about is like the division within the city, like street signs mm. being like the, you know, like fake lines drawn in the sand mm-hmm. um, for for gangs. And uh, none of them like at the end of the day representing like really what like what they believe in or what they stand for, but they're doing it to like be safe if that kind of right. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and that's that's my understanding from that from that chorus. Um but I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, what about the I'll be your empire line? I'm thinking like I'll just be like like I'll be your army, like I'll always have your back. I'll always be your you know, your support um sort of thing. I I read right. it kind of differently. I kind of see it as um I'll be your home, kind of like a, mm. like, um, I, I kind of read it that way, just like yeah. in terms of safety and feeling safe, but that's just me personally. No, I think that's cool, for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. What about you, Jade? I don't know, I kind of, 
like empire, I think of like, you know, the term empire to me has a lot of really negative connotations. Mm. Um, well, I mean, you watch a lot of Star Trek, so <laughs> Star Trek, God damn it. Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, both. You're right on both fronts. Yeah. But yeah. even just the in terms Empire of like Star Trek was crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just in terms of like in the real world, um, like Empire is kind of synonymous to me with like colonialism and, you yeah. know, the types of forces that have imposed racial hierarchy on all of us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I just am wondering, I'm like having a hard time kind of dissecting the meaning of it, but maybe you guys are right on the money. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not willing to put my name behind that. <laughs> this is exactly what it is. Um, yeah. but yeah, anyway, so that, that's kind of, so we're about like halfway through this review here and I was just kind of wanting to talk about the tone more than anything in that first little bit. Cause I think it's important to talk about and the content in particular, because, um, it's to me, one of the most important releases in Toronto this year. Um, and obviously it's an important release just for music in general. Whenever you have something that's like honest and a good reflection of like, you know, re- reality for a lot of people, especially people who maybe are underrepresented. Um, but in Toronto in particular, I think it's really gotten a lot of, um, interest. Uh, and I think that that's important because too often do we see artists that blow up that are, you know, seeing the praises of Toronto, like, you know, Drake, I think is the easiest one to think of right now, but, um, mm. just singing the praises of the city and how incredible it is. And it is, it is an incredible city. Um, but there's another side of it. And I think yeah. that's is important. Um, and I think he's incredibly brave and, um, just does it in a beautiful way. So, um, definitely that's with the tone, some of the production stuff. Let's get into that. Um, so he, he truly has an, an all-star production team for this album. Um, I said that I was going to talk about Frank Dukes and that's probably where we're going to start here. Uh, so Frank Dukes is definitely a Canadian icon. Uh, you're forgiven if you don't know who Frank Dukes is, because he usually is the mastermind uh, behind lots of the projects that you would know him for, and definitely not the person who is uh, on the mic. Um, but he's one of the uh, busiest producers in the music industry right now. He has credits um, with people all the way from Drake to Taylor Swift. Um, so his reach is pretty wide. Um, and he's responsible for the Kingsway Music Library. Uh, again, you'd be forgiven if you don't know what that is. But if you're a uh, music producer, even kind of like half-heartedly, and you do um, some stuff with production work, you almost certainly know what Kingsway Music Library is. Um, it is a uh, music library that was founded by Frank Dukes back in 2011. And it essentially is just high-end samples. Um, for uh, musicians to buy. Um, oh, wow. The really cool thing about it is it's or any pretty of free? much... <laughs> no, none of them are I, free. Um, they're pretty much... Well, they're going to sound terrible now. They're pretty much all um, produced by local Toronto acts um, who uh, Frank Dukes in a lot of situations has helped kind of build uh, their resume through different community projects in the Regent Park area of Toronto. So, so it's got to be pay what you can, right? 
local Toronto it is acts. Not. Pay what you can. That's a it sick idea, though. No. So the local Toronto artists artists are the ones who are making these uh, samples. He's right. kind of built like this uh, coalition, I guess, of people to like make uh, make these samples. Some of these samples, as I said, have been used by like some pretty high profile artists. I can't remember what song it is now, but one of the most uh, recent Taylor Swift singles was uh, a byproduct of one of the. Samples, you know so. the song. Yeah. Um, Nobody loves Taylor Swift is, more than Lee. Yeah. What was it again? <laughs> Which one? Here, give me Ultimate ten seconds. Fan. Give me ten seconds. I'll figure you it out. You get Swifty. I think I think it was uh, "Devil in a New Dress." <laughs> yeah, it was "Devil in a New Dress" by Taylor Swift. Um, anyway, so he is I'm definitely glad I let a music you giant. Yeah, he's definitely a music giant. Um, Regent Park based, kind of like music shepherd, if you want to call him that. The next kind of big person on this album is James Blake. We've talked about James Blake before. I'm not sure if we've talked about him on the show or not. I think we have. I don't know. But I know that James <laughs> Blake uh, is, in his own right, definitely a kind of like uh, superstar producer at this point. Uh, he's also a singer and a DJ. He's from London. He has uh, credits with Travis Scott uh, most recently um, as well. As some other pretty high-profile artists making music these days, definitely kind of like the down-tempo type. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jamie XX, yet another super producer right now, also London-based. Um, he's one half of the band The XX. Uh, he's also a DJ and producer, and uh, we kind of mentioned on the show um, last week that his uh, debut album... Um, in color, right? That's what it's called. In yeah. color is uh, now six years old as of last week. So, um, also pretty incredible. And then the last one, Jake, you're gonna like this one. Let Matthew Tavares. Oh, oh, Maddie <laughs> didn't didn't give it to you. Uh, Matthew, Matthew Tavares, also known as Maddie, a founder of the uh, jazz group Bad Bad Not Good out of Toronto, Ontario. And uh, was Jake's combat rock song with Algorithm Blues back in week two. So pretty, 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 pretty good. It's pretty um, good. Muscle. Pretty muscle good. on the yeah. album. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty good. Uh, pretty That's good uh, production team. Yeah. Pretty good production team. Um, but for the most part, the production is is how I would, would say... Uh, guitar, singer, songwriter, and atmospheric. You like that? Took some time mm, on that nice. one. Atmospheric. Well yes. Um, but yeah, some like synth tones and things like that, but for the most part, it's guitar driven. Uh, it's definitely understated, I would say. And uh, Mustafa actually said to various different uh, um, online newspapers and magazines and whatnot that he was inspired heavily by Joni Mitchell, Leonard Cohen, and Sufjan Stevens. Hmm. Um, so I can hear that. makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, so kind of just kind of gives us a look into the mind of Mustafa and what he was maybe um, listening to when he decided to start doing some of the songwriting here. So uh, pretty, 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 pretty good, <laughs> um, which is cool. So yeah, that's kind of that on uh, the um, production. Uh, the songs that I, I've decided to play today, also just wanted to give a little bit of background on that. The first song I played was Stay Alive. And uh, if you are big fans of the Colors YouTube channel, um, or is it Colors or Color? Colors? Colors YouTube channel, they do uh, performances uh, on that with 
bunch of kind of breaking artists, which is cool. He did one of those. Uh, and Stay Alive is a song that he performed. Um, and then the next song that we're going to be playing is called The Hearse. And it's, for me, the most vulnerable track on the album, which is definitely hard to say. I think they're all pretty vulnerable. But uh, for me, kind of stands out right now for whatever reason. It was produced and written uh, by Maddie, um, Frank Dukes, Jamie XX, and Simon on the Moon, who is a, a frequent collaborator on this album. And from what I could gather from the internet and from Instagram and things like that, he's a close friend of Mustafa and did a lot of the guitar work on the album. Um, and it samples uh, Safe, uh, who is one of the rappers in uh, Halal Gang, uh, kind of does that on the phone uh, little sample there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's her. So we'll be listening to that shortly. Um, at the end of the day, giving an album like this, uh, a numbered review is always tough, uh, because you can tell it, it, it's such a personal piece of art, um, mm. for its creator. And, um, because that sometimes I, uh, I feel like the value of, uh, uh, uh rating is maybe tough to point or to tough to pin down sorry um but for me if i was to try and be as objective as possible um i truly think that this album is uh the album of the year for me in terms of emotional how i felt after listening to it um Mm. so for that alone i'm giving this album uh nine tiers out of ten And the reason I've given given it tears and not um, dramatic gagging uh, dry heaves um, (laughs) is um, because uh, I want the listeners to have the idea that I'm a very, very cute crier, a very, oh, he's crying, not the actual type of crying I do, which is disgusting and Hunter and I know the truth. Oh, absolutely. I want there to be some sort of sheen that uh, I actually cry very cute. Yeah. You can't take Lee to a rom-com, everyone. You can't. Um, You You can't do it. Screaming, popcorns everywhere, ugly sheen crying. Yeah. Failure to launch. We had to leave. Yeah. (laughs) We had to to go. (laughs) Why we we saw failure to launch in theaters. Failure to launch in the theater. Uh, Yeah. Money well spent. God damn it! Kiss yes, her. Um, so yeah, like we're like ruining the moment. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, but in all honesty, a, a solid nine out of ten. I really think it was a beautiful debut, a great EP. Um, I'm so excited to see where he goes um, and and kind of how he continues to represent Toronto because I think he's one of the most important Toronto artists. Um, to come out in a long time. So uh, definitely excited to see where he goes. He already had a performance on Jimmy Fallon recently, and um, he's starting to get tons of uh, recognition through online magazines and and things like that uh, through uh, this album's success as well. So I can't wait to see where it goes. This uh, next song that we have coming up is The Hearse by Mustafa. Um, Just sit back and enjoy. There's a war outside and I can't lose all my dogs I can't 
we get it on and popping. Oh, we were always popping. But you know how that hate goes. You know how that K blows. Oh, we used to rock the same clothes. And niggas made me wrap you in a white fold. And they gon' pay their price in blood. And that's on everything I know. On everything I know. Swear I wasn't looking for no I got a family to feed There's room for everyone to eat I was all about the peace I didn't wanna risk it all Oh, I know what's at stake But you made yourself special I wanna throw my life away for you Full clip with zombie tips I'll give all my days to you Full speed on any street I won't take a break to you My patience and my peace I'll feel all the rage for you There's a war outside and I can't lose All my dogs I can't choose right to wrong Right to wrong With my dogs Right to wrong There you go. Wow. Mustafa. Oh, here Ooh. he is. What? Oh, my goodness. Um, What's up? But yeah, great track. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's that. Mustafa, When Smoke Rises... Um, I hope you uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I also hope the listeners enjoy it, and uh, I hope you cry. But I hope you cry in a much more aesthetically pleasing way than I do um, when you listen to it. Um, I don't. So yeah, I'm also definitely going to be hearing about that scream from my partner. <laughs> Can't be screaming like that at uh, this hour of the day. Um, but no. Uh, yeah. So there it is. Thank you so much. Boom. Booyah. Thanks, Lee. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, and, you know, maybe this is a good time uh, to talk about something that's kind of been on my mind. And I'm sure that it's been <laughs> on your guys' mind, too. It's something Almost that definitely. we probably haven't maybe given enough attention. And and uh, it's my skin. Um, definitely mostly. hasn't gotten enough attention. Yeah, it's mostly been my skin uh, from this past weekend. I'm not sure if you guys heard, but I was on the beach um, this past weekend, and oof, guys. Yeah, you told us when yeah. you're when you're nice and milky like me, the sun is not kind. Um, so I need to find uh, ways to keep my skin looking tip-top shape. Luckily, I have, and uh, what I found is uh, Koa. It's uh, a brand. Here in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, you heard that right. Koa. Spelled K-O-A. That's the only skincare brand guaranteed to get your complexion glowing as if you weren't just inside all last year dodging coronavirus. It's actually guaranteed to fill your DMs too, folks, with people want wondering how your skin got oh so smooth. Well, I can honestly say that I've been using it for a month. My DMs are completely slammed full. 
absolutely slammed. And when I'm talking slammed, I'm not talking like Hunter DM slammed. I'm talking like slammed. You know what I mean? We're talking to the brim, all right? We're, when we're talking, what, what are we thinking slammed? We're thinking Shaq, Shaq slammed. No, we're thinking right. uh, Michael Jordan slammed. All like right? your phone is Ooh. too heavy. Yeah, yeah, you we're talking like it. parkour, parkour, oops, my phone is in my pocket, a little loose, comes out <laughs> on the pavement, <laughs> screen first, slammed. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. that type of slammed. Oof. Yeah. But Koa, really, at the end of the day, what you need to know is this. It's formulated and manufactured right here in Toronto, Ontario. What else would you want? Using premium plant-based and natural ingredients. You just can't get this type of quality. You can't. I've looked all over the place, near and wide. Uh, uh, sorry, near near and far, deep and wide, uh, uh, north and south. I've done it, okay? I can tell you I've been looking. I can't you say find deep and this wide? type. Yeah, I, I can't. I just can't find this type of quality anymore at these price points. And that's what's so crazy. All right. Plus, they have a variety of products for all sorts of skin types, suitable for all sorts of people. So go check them out, www.shopcoa.ca or follow them on social media at shopcoa.ca. You'd be stupid. You would be foolish not to. Don't you want your DMs to be absolutely slammed? Peanut butter slammed? I'd love to experience Bar- that. Barbecue chicken yes, slammed? Yes, please. Yeah, I'd like exactly. a single DM. Yeah, just, just do it, man. Just one. Do it, and you're, you're not just going to have one DM. You're going to have slammed DMs, my guy. So go oh, do it. Man. All right? I- I'm we doing wanna it. Thank, yeah, we want to thank Koa for supporting the pod. Wow. Thanks, Koa. Yeah. Thank you, Koa. Man, do I look radiant today. So for this next segment, um, we uh, like to review an album, as I said, that has been uh, important to us. And today, Hunter has uh, that on deck. We call it the Spicy Staple. So, Hunter, what did we listen to today? Can we have the Spicy well, Staple music first? Oh, sorry, yeah. Love that track. It's incredible how we had a real live super famous producer conjure that up for us. We are professionals, listeners. We are professionals. Do not forget. High level audio. Yeah, that's what co sponsorships get you. The best. <laughs> yeah. The best of the best. Yeah. What do we listen to? Well, let me cast your minds back. I'm going to take you back in time, everyone. So, a naive 14-year-old hunter is part of an improv team at Centennial High School in Guelph, Ontario. Goes for an improv practice. What was Nerd. your team called? Practice. Uh, what, we were what was called, your team called? Uh, I think it, we were just called the gold team, but we had a vinyl disc as our logo. So, oh, whoa, hell yeah. that's sick. That's our that's logo sick. for the oh, gold yeah. record. Yeah. So we're, you know, so uh, my uh, my dear, a person that I adore so much. Uh, shout out to my friend Julie. She brings out um, a record, and she shows it to me, and I was captivated by the cover. And everybody, the cover, it was "Funeral" by Arcade Fire. Released Boom. September 14th, 2004 on Merge Records. It was their debut, you know, Arcade Fire, the behemoth that they have now become. Or in Britain, as I say, the behemoth. Uh, 
Um, this was their oh, debut record. Right. Yeah. It was their debut record, and um, so they recorded it at Hotel to Tango in Montreal, because the band is from Montreal, Quebec, Bonjour. and it was also recorded along bon at Régine Chazon and Wynn Butler's apartment, so that's the two um, we got the, so it's, a, it's, it's fronted by, of course, Wynn Butler and his wife, uh, Régine. Yep. Um, now, this album is uh, fantastic, but it was born, of course, out of a lot of emotional hardship. Another glass of sadness that I'm bringing to the table, everyone. Good. We um, need more. Rich, let's let's exactly. get there. So we yeah. have Richard Reed Perry's aunt passed away, along with Regine Chazon's grandmother, and William and Wynne's grandfather. They all passed away within the span of the year, which inspired them to call the album Funeral. And it's ultimately, it's a classic, a bit of folk, a bit of rock, and I would describe it as its music as catharsis. It's got a lot of diverse instrumentation from a glockenspiel to, uh, we got a bit of chimes in there. We got diverse Very guitars. early 2000s. Yeah. Um, we also have, um, which is news to me, of uh, an accordion as well. But the cool thing that I learned about Arcade Fire is that they all are, are multi-instrumentalists. So they change right. instruments throughout the show as time goes on. Now, sure. full disclosure, I've never seen Arcade live. Um, like, shame on me now. Because, uh, Lee, oh, okay, they both. Um, yeah. Both of my colleagues have. And all I A can few say times, is, yeah. uh, you guys suck. Um, but I've missed out, <laughs> definitely. Um, now, this was, of course, released. Uh, Pitchfork gave it a 9.7 out of 10. Uh, they called it the top 50 albums of uh, the 2000s. And uh, it entered the Billboard 200 for Merge Records. It was the fastest seller in the label's history. Oh. Certified gold in the U.S., selling 500,000 copies. And it's also featured in 1001 albums Before You Die. Oh. Now... Yeah, another Ooh, one. Another out. one to add to the list. Yeah. Now it's funny because I want to know which other albums that will probably be featured on this show. Yeah. Of, we just uh, have, that will they, end up. We've just got to steal their fire and turn that into a podcast like we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> steal their thunder and just pretend or, you that know, we don't um, know. If that book wants to sponsor us, you can contact <laughs> us at. Uh, anyway, I'm getting yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, of course, you know Talk this album about deals merge with records. Anyways. <laughs> um, you know, the album, it, it deals with um, so many themes of, uh, you know, loss, but also um, love and acceptance. Uh, we have also the banger Wake Up, which is a rock symphony, which if you didn't know, also uh, David Bowie got to sing with them at Fashion Rocks in 2005. So they've gained a lot of attention, as well as from David Byrne of Talking Heads. The, um, when that album was getting kicked off... Uh, they saw um, both of those guys, David Byrne and David Bowie, saw them in New York. I recently saw an interview with Wynn Butler, and he was talking about um, how he was inspired by his contemporaries uh, and seeing bands because um, in their early days they would pay, play like a lot of dive bars and clubs and stuff. And they were say, saying that, or he was saying rather, that uh, performing, um, you know, because I guess he was in that artist space of, um, you know, hanging with other artists as they were writing songs. And right. then basically them performing those songs live two days after they wrote it. And he said that um, it's kind of a new feeling kind of seeing those bands and seeing the songs take shape. Mm -hmm. But he was particularly really intimidated, honestly, by um, the band The Unicorns, uh, a Toronto band. I've never heard of them, called, but called Hidden Cameras. Um, 
basically inspired Wynn to set the bar and write better songs and uh, put out better art. Mm. And of course, came with Funeral. And after Funeral, they snowballed, and he says that everything became a little easier. Um, it's also funny because they've opened... Uh, so, a fun fact, U2 plays... Uh, wake up over their loudspeakers before they're uh before um they come on and then what rk <laughs> did was really cool they played where uh when the streets have no name they played that <laughs> as their opening song and they were really uh and everybody was like running to the stage because they thought youtube was playing so i thought that was really fun <laughs> that's um, funny Another cool thing that Arcade Fire used to do, I guess they can't anymore, but they would also play in the audience, and that was because they wouldn't, right. that allowed them so everyone would focus on them and not let people talk, <laughs> which I thought was really cool, too. That happened but, you at know, my show, for um, sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's sick. Mm -hmm. But I guess my whole takeaway is that, you know, they're dealing, Arcade's Fire's philosophy is dealing with, I guess, the philosophy of life that we're all going to die sometime, and you might as well enjoy life all you can. It's got some sprinkling bits of rebellion in there, like take kind of like take life by the by the balls, I should say, and kind of just live it up and like don't you know depend on anyone, but live your life to the fullest. Right. Um, so I think, in, in closing, I will say before I play the song, I would say that funeral is a cathartic journey of love and loss, but through dynamic and unique instrumentation, the listener also experiences underlying optimism and hope for the future. With songs, of course, like Wake Up or the Defiant Rallying Cry, bleh, re, re, um, Rallying Cry, Rebellion Lies, Arcade Fire's debut album for me is a sonic illustration of the Italian, of the Italian Renaissance, dealing with love, loss, life, all that stuff. Um, it's an expression of pure emotion, and it's done so in a beautiful way that does not come across as cheesy, in my opinion. If I had to give it a rating... You know what? I ha um, I listened to this album again uh, while reading the lyrics, and to me, it's ten cathartic ugly cries out of ten. <laughs> now I know it's a spicy staple, but to me, I I listened to it the first time sonically. I'm like, oh, you know, it's got a lot of like driving music, a lot of like thrashing guitars, a lot of reverb, but also a lot of unique instrumentation, whelping strings. But then upon reading the lyrics and kind of just going through that process of really digesting it, um, I grew to love it even more. Um, right. Thoughts on that, guys? What do you have thoughts before we introduce the first? First, song first of all, um, what's a whelping string? Um, well, the way I describe that is like they're playing very slow, but they're also mm. having a, a staccato feeling to it, and that's nerd speak for they're just strumming it really hard. Right. <laughs> so kind of like that driving tone to the album again. Right. right. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I support a 10, definitely. Um, yes, okay. <clears throat> I, I, one thing I, I do want to talk about real quick. Yeah. Um, my uh, partner and I, uh, one of our first dates um, that we went on is we went to go see a DJ set by DJ Windows 98, um, who is Win Butler. <laughs> and, oh, uh, wow. We saw him uh, DJ. It was a very weird experience because it was like a like uh, kind of like a smaller venue and just like sort of strange. Um, that he was there, but, and like doing the thing, but, uh, three highlights. The first highlight, he opened with a mix of You're So Vain, uh, mixed with, uh, Kanye's I Am A God. 
<laughs> which was incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it was really, really good. Um, and to be honest, like the mix kind of went down from hill from there. Uh, it got like progressively worse as time went on, but the opening <laughs> was so good that we were just like, that was great. Um, second, um, uh, second highlight is, um, at one point, um, he says into the mic, he says, cause everyone's kind of like just waiting at his DJ booth, um, kind of like expecting him to do something. And uh, he just kind of talks into the mic. He says, uh, Hey, so I'm, uh, I'm just here to like play music. So you guys, uh, should like dance and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's he awesome. The mic down, and people are just like, uh, they don't really know how to act. And then his wife comes out on stage behind him and starts like dancing like crazy. And then people are like, okay, I guess we're dancing then. Uh, so that's another hilarious one. And then the final thing I'll, I'll mention about that show uh, at the end, people are like all dancing and not really paying attention to him at all. So he starts like kind of going around like his DJ booth and like other like surrounding area and cleaning up cups, just stacking them <laughs> and cleaning up the cups, putting them in this one spot. So wow. nice. And uh yeah. So that was our experience with DJ Windows 98. Um anyways, that's that awesome. sounds like a rocking time. <laughs> it was very that's funny. Awesome. We we frequently look back on that and be like, how weird was that? <laughs> like what an experience. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I guess awesome. I failed to mention that also that uh, this, I mean, this particular song that's coming up is, um, you know, a lot of also within this album is a lot of talk about how the older generation has failed and that there's also hope for the newer generations, of course, you know, dealing with just the plight of that. But let me introduce uh, the song that I'm going to play for you guys. It's Neighborhood Number 3, Power Out. That was the one that really hooked me. And I'll just leave it with this uh, little tidbit I found here. Um, I was checking out a review by Pitchfork. Um, here you go. Arcade Fire named the album this uh, this song is on funeral, partly due to the fact that they lost a number of friends while recording, but those losses sparked a more general contemplation of the contrib contribution of the older generations and how they both affected and were affected by the passage of time in the 20th century. In this light, Neighborhood Number 3 Power Out is set in the North America economic boom of the 80s and 90s. It has been suggested that there was a blizzard in 98 that may have inspired the song, and it's interesting coincidence that the end of the 90s was also the culmination of years of economic prosperity and the beginning of a downward turn in the stock market and more broadly in the fortunes of the Western world. Check it out. Give it a listen. I'd like to know what you think.
Now, listener. Woo! Were you banging your head to that? You should. I mean, do it what you want, but, I mean, we were all banging our heads. Listen, <laughs> a fire, spicy I mean, of a track. I mean, do what you want, but, uh... <laughs> you know? Totally. <laughs> no? Um, Arcade no. Fire is a, is, a, is a big deal for me. They were a band that was really transitional. Um, mm. I remember when the, the, their first sort of single on MTV on much music was rebellion right that was sort of the first track that really yes. hit and that was at a time that came out at a time when i was of the mind that anything on the radio was garbage um right. and was well, not you, to you never listen to 91.5 the beat <laughs> kitchener's finest yeah i know but i was whatever. in calgary um, yeah, that's your first mistake. <laughs> yeah, I was at the Cowboys tent at the Stampede, fam. Um, but, uh, and so, like, I kind of, I just shrugged off Arkham Fire. I was like, whatever, this track, this music video, it looks like something that I, and sounds like something that I should be really into, but it's on much music, mm. so it's not worth my time. And then yeah. I had a, a near dear friend uh, named Kate who was like, no, no, check it and coerced me into listening to the entire album. Held you down and pinned yeah. you with, with their knee. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And yeah, I was from that moment on like a die hard Arcade Fire fan. Um, yeah. and wow. I was surprised nice. The entire time I was listening to this song, I was like, I'm surprised Jake hasn't said more. Yeah, no, because I was I was kind of waiting. I was waiting till yeah. till after. I, I was like, uh, I know, I know that you love Arcade Fire, so I was like, oh, like okay. so much, like love them so yeah. much. Like when they came, when they played uh, the Reflector tour and came to Calgary, um, my sister surprised me oh, with tickets. Wow. And well, by the I end, mean, the first thing to say is it turns turns out it was just a Reflector. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And. She actually tells a story that I find somewhat embarrassing about me <laughs> ugly crying. I couldn't oh. contain it. I, I, I was straight oh, up. Let's like, go. Let's I, go. I was, yeah, I just couldn't hold back. By the end of, of right. their set, I was why, just in a place. And why should you? Yeah, why, why, should why you? would you hold back? You know, emotions aren't scary. Right. Emotions are when, bad. When we, all, when we all cry in such a beautiful way that we do in, in, the, in yeah. the very cute not ugly very you know sort of sweet cry that we do why wouldn't we right yeah yeah well it's funny how no it's funny that you mentioned that uh jake because i got into the because uh, i because i was i was watching the grammys as you do when you're bored <laughs> and i think they won for reflector and for me i uh, I, uh, I make the mistake for, of uh, s- did they? uh suburbs yes yeah that was oh, the big I thought, win but, but oh yeah. but i thought they also won for reflector as well for rock album yeah, because they didn't win album of the year. But here, keep talking. I'll, I'll double check it. Yeah, no, talk. sorry. Um, but no. So I, I, I guess I'm because so, so, I'm a visual person. I saw that cover and I'm like, oh man, that looks gorgeous. Like right. just like the the statues crying. But also, yeah. um, when I saw it at my uh, at my friend's Julie's house, like I thought just like the art pieces that they do are like really cool. Um, yeah. And right. like, but also I think I watched like a lot of concert footage of them and like seeing them just like jam hardcore. I think like I when a band is having fun on stage, I think like I get drawn into that. Um, 
and, and but at the same time, like I I I, uh, I was forced to listen to the full album, and after I heard all of it, I was like, well, I have to buy this on vinyl now. So right, uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the here, great man, so. one of the great albums. Reflector yeah. um, or Suburbs. I mean, that's just getting into a debate now of like what's better, no, what's not. I sorry, mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I was, I was talking, about talking about Reflector right now. Sorry, oh, I was talking about funerals. In terms of Sorry, like, yeah, that's you being that's forced you to hear try the, and the whole album. Yeah. Um, so I have the the quick breakdown. It won Juno, the Juno for the album of the year. Wait, this is Reflector. Yeah, yeah, Reflector. Okay. And because the album we just scene, listened to was Funeral. Yes, <laughs> I know. If anybody's the, confused, the track was from Funeral. funeral. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was confused as to what you guys were chatting about. Well, Look, now see, I'm this confused as to what you, you guys. Get, you get your wires crossed, huh? and the next thing you know, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, no, from what I understand, it did not win um, oh, okay. a Grammy. Anything on on uh, on Reflector? Obviously, Suburbs did win, uh, but Suburbs kind of swept, right? It won kind of everything. If I remember, well, that was a shocker. It shocked a lot of. Uh, it shocked yeah, a lot of. It people. really was. Yeah. Right? Was people shocker. were like, "Who at that isn't time, there?" There's like a Tumblr that was called like "Who is or like <laughs> yeah, what yeah. the fuck is Arcane Fire?" Was like yeah, I just remember it was it was up against like Lady Gaga. I think yeah. that, I forget it was which album. Some big, I, some, sh- some big yeah, shit like some good sure. some big bangers. But everyone's like, "What?" And then like, yeah. okay, so I'm like, yeah, we did it. And so yeah. I thought it was awesome. They, just how thrilled yeah. they are getting on stage and playing. Oh yeah, I think they. What did they play? The keep the car running. No, no. What fucking song? Gang, 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 Fuck! What fucking song is that? Oh no! Well, listeners, who has no clothes? I don't know. Well, I just said my begin again. I'm also yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna, really it's gonna, it's gonna come to us. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Ready to start? Ready yeah. to start? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Ready yeah. to start? Yeah, they played that when they won, like, and they like picked up all their fucking guitars and they fucking In conclusion, started going. I was like, fucking oh, let's went. go. And yeah. here's In a quick tie-in. Here's a quick tie-in. Yes, is the drums on the track? My, I'm pretty sure it's my body is a cage. Which is from Neon Bible, which is actually my favorite Arcade Fire album. Side note, really good. Okay, um, are inspired by, and are basically just lifted from "When the Doves Cry" by Prince. Mm. <gasps> nice. Wow. So there's a little tie-in well for you. Good little connections. I want to conclude. I want to conclude. If you, if you, if you don't, so listen to this album. And if you're like, meh, listen to it again with the lyrics. It's going to change your life. I promise you. I promise you. Truly. Yeah. Check it out. It's incredible. I think, it I think it's a pretty low barrier to entry, this album. It's, I have never met a person who knows the album's listened to it and said they didn't like it. Well, my only, my only criticism, which um, we workshopped this, but I wanted to talk, is that maybe you're, I, 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 was, I was taken aback by Wynn's voice. I've never heard kind of someone right. s- sing like that. So it was a little rough around the edges for me 
personally. Mm, mm. But then, like, you just embrace it because then it kind of adds to the overall emotion of the album, if that right, makes right. any sense whatsoever. Right, he doesn't hold yeah. back, so neither do our tears. Exactly. Right. Definitely. Our very cute, not ugly tears. Yeah. I well, look adorable. My, my last, uh, I, I just had a quick question. Do you think it's harder for a band to stay on top versus, like, the debut versus down the line? What do you guys think on uh, that? Sorry, do you mean, like, to stay, like, like if the debut is, like, so hot to, like, stay there? Sort yeah, because, like, yeah, because I guess, like, well, same with, like, Mustafa. It's, like, one of those things where the debut yeah. is so great. And then, like, maybe you're arguable with Arcade Fire that a lot of people that I've talked to and maybe you guys, like, everything now, a lot of people didn't like it compared mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. you know, so it's you know, maybe harder to stay on it. top. <laughs> no, mm. <laughs> I think we got it. I think we got it. Just wasn't no, very you, good. You're not getting it. <laughs> um, oh, will, okay. Differing opinions. But that's show business, though, right? Like, if you're, like, like, if you create something good, like, the bar is then set for yourself. And yeah. you're constantly measured against your best work, right? And oh, if you definitely. continue to put I out, I know like, how that feels. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> and uh, if you keep putting out like heaters, then you're gonna keep setting that bar for yourself. I think that's honestly really what happened to Arcade Fire's latest album is they like went for something that you know wasn't as like maybe as like pristine or like had like maybe some of the same sort of attention to detail maybe with everything now, and it got like pretty floppy reviews and like i don't think the album is like bad i don't think it's bad music like i i don't think like that's the whole problem with rating albums sometimes right it's like i don't think it's comparable to other albums that it's been rated similarly to in terms of like the actual quality of music or whether or not i like it but i think like when you stack it up to things like the suburbs or funeral or neon bible or reflector or anything like that then you're now measuring against yourself as opposed to right. measuring against other And do you know, think it's do albums. you think it's do you think it's possible to review or like rate an album um, separate from the rest of the body of like the mm. discography of an artist? Or band? Yeah, it's definitely possible. It's just hard. And how and then what are you using as criteria at that point? I guess, right? Like if it's not past work if it's not to try to identify growth in the artist if it's not trying to identify growth in the content or something like that like i think that's a significant part um but my answer to that is like you're like you're you're listening to it sonically and you're basing it off what you just heard yeah but but can you i mean in in lots of cases you can't do that right like obviously with debut albums sure or if it's like you've never heard of the artist before that's fair that's fair but like i i always think about kanye west obviously just you twiddling my thumbs in bed. Think about Kanye. Yeah, yeah. it's Just always Kanye. In, King looking West into the eyes of your bad, partner in bad situations and good situations, in bed, in the shower, yeah. um, at at all times of the day. I'm thinking of Kanye West. <laughs> and uh, but one thing I think of is like it's not I, even I, a joke. <laughs> I, I no, know. it's not. It's not. <laughs> There's no it's joke not. here. Everyone, no it's joke. not. Um, but uh, no, the. I guess the thing that I think of is like, I've been seeing a lot of things on Twitter lately of like, you know, what's Kanye's greatest album of all time? Because there's the anticipation that he's releasing a new album this year. It's Jesus. And people, yeah, well, people are like Jesus. Other people are like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Other people are like, you know, college dropout. And they like all these different answers. And 
you know, I know what my answer is, but like very, like lots of people just tend to put like the albums listed out like one through whatever, right? And some of the more recent album studies put out, like Jesus is King and uh, Yay, kind of are near that bottom of the list. And I wonder if like those, because because lots of people kind of say when they post it is like just to be clear, like all these albums are like an eight out of ten or more. But the la- latter, the latter ones, or the later ones, are just lower on my list. Um, so you, like, to me, I got a wonder of just like, okay, is it because there was a high watermark, and now everything is compared to that for whatever you think that high watermark was, right? Like, whether it be my beautiful dark sister hand, if you use this, is there a similar thing happening with Arcade Fire, or like a similar thing that happens with a lot of artists after you put out so many great records? Do you know? What so I mean? th- th- that would that, suggest that it's not actually possible to consider a work independent of the larger discography well what what i'm saying is is like is it realistic to expect that maybe if you have Mm. listened to all those things like is it possible like probably but like is it like i don't know maybe it's not possible i don't know all i'm trying to say is like what like should that be an expectation in an album review i think no like it's like part of that growth is important mm-hmm. like why yes. do you like Jesus mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, much yeah. jake like why do you like Jesus so much because it sounds nothing like the other shit but you hear like how it got there yeah that's maybe do you know true what I mean? like at least that's a big part of it for me so like seeing where he was and then where he's gone and like how those things kind of meld i think he's gonna say is, it's because bon ivers on it and I would die for Bon Iver. Right. Well, I also yeah. think that it's like, you know, it's rather, um, but also maybe it's, it depends what you are as a band, right? Is it like, do you make the same kind of music release to release? Like, let's, I give Metallica as the example. Because right. every Metallica fan will always say the first four records are the Saint only ones Anger that matter. Is the best. Nothing. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Yeah. So, they, like, Followed they only care about Reload. <laughs> Followed by um the black album. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Now we're talking Hunter. But but like it's stuff like that, right? Where it's like, um but that but like I think the cool thing about like bands like Arcade Fire or like um I can't really think of or or Queens of the Stone Age, shout out to the first episode. Yeah, is that yeah. like those <laughs> bands you can't really pigeonhole where like they'll make a project, maybe they'll strike lightning, but then they're like, Oh, we want to do something completely else now. Yeah. yeah and no, like I, I, I still respect the artistic process of what musicians do where they're like, I wanna go in this completely different direction. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. kind of what I'm saying with with everything now. Like, can yeah. you can you sit there and say this is a bad album? Like, I don't think mm. so. I don't think I'm going to sit there yeah. and say, like, this is bad. But I got a lot of bad reviews. Um, and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just think that that's actually not maybe a review based off of the quality of the music on the album. But it's more of a review based off of the quality of music that they've put out. That they've released. That uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they're measured against the suburbs, which it's like, it's not the suburbs. You're, you're Like, it's not mm. going to be the suburbs. It's a disco record. You yeah, I mean? right, right. Um, not to say anything bad against dis- disco, but you know, you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, but this this like funeral was such a big album <clears throat> for me, and I really appreciate this choice, Hunter. Um, oh well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it slaps definitely. I remember similar story to what you were saying, Jake. Like I remember the first time I saw the uh, the video for Neighborhood Three, actually. And just like how mm. it's like that weird like cartoon like red, yeah. red, I can't remember. it's like mostly black kind of like background like very like kind of dark. Um, I remember seeing that on much music as well. Around. 
Yeah, exactly. I remember seeing on Much Music as well, and like it came on like after like a Sierra song or some shit like that. And I remember being like, strange. And I was like, okay, let's fucking go. This slaps. What, what are we doing here? Um, yeah, so definitely, definitely has a place in my heart as well. It's a great record. Absolutely. Like just abs- like just fully makes me think of high school too. Yeah. Funerals. Oh, just definitely. Like, yeah. Me too. Yep. That's well, that's like, where I that's heard it. That's when I heard it. Yeah. Yep. 100%. 100%. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Hunter, for that. Well done. Yeah. Um, Arcade Fire on the Servant Sonic pod. It's only a matter of time uh, with three Arcade Indeed. Fire fans, I suppose. Um, we are now, here. <clears throat> we come to the uh, point of the show where we do something that I think we can all agree is really, really important. And what's that? That's measure ourselves to one another, all right? We're stacking up one by one by one here. Jake versus Hunter versus Lee. And based off of what we find here in this next segment is how we decide which value we all have, okay? So if I win, it's clear that it shows that I'm a more valuable human (laughs) being than who I've just beaten, all right? I'm, I'm more important. I do more with my life i i have i have a, a bigger body of people that support me and my yeah. interests what These else are things that we all believe in go ahead <laughs> i don't have anything else i, I was totally <laughs> riffing that whole time oh, and that's you're very done? clear oh you're it's already done clear. oh my god so anyways continuing on the whole reason that we do this segment guys is to just expose what we already know and that thing that we're trying to expose is that only one of us can be the best only one of us can be the absolute best of the best and what we're talking about here is combat rock combat rock this is a segment where we take a new release from an artist uh, that we want to highlight and play you the listener 30 seconds of a song um, that we think will be hot fire for our listenership and we um, put it directly Versus uh, another um, song that is brought by a separate host. So uh, last week we had two songs um, brought forth by both myself and Hunter. Hunter brought uh, Fan Club Wallets, uh, Come On Be Cool. And I brought um, Sam Gulletry's Duo. And like I predicted. And I didn't win. One, I'm upset. I, predicted, I predicted I was going to be insufferable. So far I'm doing very good. <laughs> And the second thing I predicted is that I was going to win. So, folks. I haven't won one. What you're looking at. This is true. What you're looking at now is the first ever two-time winner of Combat Rock. What? Here we go. Soon to be three-time winner. Jake, please win. The three-peat. please win. We do have to give it to Lee. We have yeah, to okay, to fine. He has, he has decent taste. You gotta he give has it to me. decent taste. You gotta give he it to has... me because I won't be giving it to you. That's uh, the thing here, all right? Oh <laughs> That's the crazy thing. <laughs> I'm the underdog um, in this. So, anyways, the challenger that we have this week is uh, one Mr. Jake Swain, and he's brought a uh, song for us here. We're going to be playing a portion of that. Um, so Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about this song? What is it, my so friend? So this this song um, this song is important. This song uh, 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 is about a place, and this place is um, legendary. 
you know, I'll talk a little bit about a different band, a well-known band from Montreal called Brand Van 3000. Their hit track, Drinking in L.A., was originally titled, according to legend, originally titled Drinking in Longai. Longai is a suburb outside of Montreal, um, famous for being kind of a boring, upper-middle-class, wealthy suburb where nothing much goes on. Uh, The song that I'm going to be rapping today is called Bienvenue à Longai by Ah, one... Jacques Cousteau! By one Damien Robataille. I'm probably destroying that name, but uh, there you have it. Uh, This song is a tribute to this wonderful suburb where, according to the lyrics, en français, uh, you can turn right on a red light, which is apparently illegal in Montreal to turn right on a red. (laughs) What a weird law. Okay, that is good to know. Yeah, road rules. That's something I know. Did not know that. According to the lyrics, anything is, 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 is possible in Longai. Oh, and this wow. is a track that uh, just warms my heart, and I hope it warms yours too. Let's, uh, let's hear it. If I in any way thought that you could beat me, I would say I was scared. Um, but I know I that don't I will think you can beat me. Yeah, I well, the champ, I Mr. Lee, what do you have for us? What's crazy about knowing you can beat someone? One, two, I'm the only one that's actually able to say that as I'm the only one that's been able to do it. Repeatedly. That's not true. Um, I, I've won. Reg- regardless Jake has of a my win. competitor. Jake has a win. I have a win under my belt, uh, bro. Oh, that's... Oh, oh, that's so cute. Oh, you have a win oh under my your belt. Lord. <laughs> um, Audience, do no, you hear I, this? I will say, <laughs> I said, I said, I'm going to be insufferable. I'm just trying to give the audience what they can reasonably expect from me. Um, so... No, that song actually slaps. I'll give you that. Uh, and I have, uh, yeah. some, I have some really good news and some really bad news. One, uh, I'm going to be even... I guess the the bad news is I'm going to be even more insufferable because I did little to no research on my song. <laughs> <laughs> so I have literally nothing to say. But the good news is is that I think I've filled enough time already so we can just play this song and get yeah, to it. Yeah, we've heard enough of This you. song is... <laughs> Yeah, this song he's is that called, cocky, <laughs> but he's gonna just called, go for it. Yeah, this song is called "Already" by Rochelle Jordan, and it bangs. I'm so sick and tired, being tied up in your life. Come 
Yeah. Well, there you have it. There you go. Let the music speak uh, for itself. I don't know. I got it. Indeed. Okay, Indeed. it's a tough one. It's a tough one. <laughs> the battle. Look, Listeners, you I, can uh, vote. You know, either way, I feel like a winner here, and I'll tell you why. One, I, I go three Pete if I win. Two, oh, the weight, oh. the weight of carrying the show off my shoulders. Oh, now it's got to be tough. <laughs> yeah, my lord. I know, because my shoulders are, are very dainty and cute, like my tears. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, but no, I'm uh, I'm thrilled to to have a challenger here that's brought uh, some heat. It was tough last week. It was a very close race. We had to actually put up a, uh, a poll today because we were tied up until the last hour of the show. So we put up a last-minute one-hour poll on Twitter and was only by one. So Ooh. we've had some, uh, That's intense. some pretty close races. So uh, Here's the deal. To all our French-Canadian listeners, I know <laughs> you want to hear more of Bienvenue a and even that one listener in Spain, it's close enough to Spanish that yeah, you yeah, should yeah, probably yeah, yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Bienvenida, no, a long guy. Yeah. Go, uh, go hit us up in, um, on Instagram or on Twitter. You can find the polls there. Um, the poll on Twitter will be up for six days. Uh, it is up for um, the entirety of the week before the day that we record. So it ends on Mondays. So go up on there and vote. And then on Instagram, we put up a poll. 24 hours um, is how long that one lasts in our story. I wish it would last and, longer. Uh, you can vote there. I desperately it's want not it a lot to of time. last longer. But we got we to gotta do what we got to do. So uh, maybe we can uh, sort of figure out a way to make that better as, uh, as we go. But those are the two places as of now where uh, you can find Combat Rock. So please go and vote so that you can hear whichever song you want in its entirety on the following show. Um, so, guys, great show. I, uh, I really enjoyed this one. Um, yet another different tone. I feel, You want to know what? Not to pat ourselves on the back here, but um, I really think we've brought a pretty good stable of music throughout the first four weeks of the show here, and this kind of caps... The first yeah. month off of oh, wow, us doing yeah. the show, Holy and crap. I couldn't Damn. be couldn't be more thrilled with kind of where we're at. Again, for listeners listening right now, thank you so much for all your support throughout this. And yes, we've got thank some, you so much. We've got some thanks, really mom. good feedback as well. Yeah, mom, shouts out, mom. Thank um, you, mom. Yep, thanks uh, for all your support, mom. Um, and we've got some really good feedback as well. Obviously, in the first couple of episodes, there was some shaky audio, and you guys were really awesome with helping us with that. So shouts out to that. And then we also know there's a couple of uh, a couple of requests for us to review some music as well. So we'll be hopefully coming out with uh, some stuff there and how you guys can access that soon. Um, so, yeah, I guess for me, I just want to say thank you so much for the ride so far. We hope that the next month is just as fun and that we'll continue to keep it papping. Uh, next week, Hunter, unfortunately, is not going to be with us, but we're going to have a special guest uh, on the show, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say? I feel like I'm talking a lot now. Um, I just want to say uh, bienvenue, a long guy. Oh, oh. manger la la. a bibliothèque. And, and I will that, complete it. Au revoir, manger. Okay, bye people (laughs) Bye
Forever, but wish you the best in all your future endeavors. 